0: Good morning, America. Welcome Christians conservatives, service, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here. This morning, Monday morning, hope you had a great Lord's Day and a great weekend. And if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the show, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you'll be able to see that. That's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, and uh, it's going on right there on the right side of the page. So just enlarge that, and you can watch the show from there. You can also check out that live video feed on my Twitter account, Tim. As well as my Periscope account, which is tied to that. Setting brush fires. And then go to our Facebook page as well, Bradley Dean SOL. YouTube channels Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's and also dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. You can also catch us on Spreely Gab, Me Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media. And uh, we do have the phone lines open today, by the way. And you can give us a call at 215 215- Top Talk, 215 867 Love to hear from you guys. And uh, the subject today is on Trump, the VA, the Veterans Administration, and a new $1 billion, for lack of a better term, it's going to be it's a slush fund. And here to talk with me about that is my friend Lauren Price. Lauren is with Veteran Warriors. Uh, we've known each other for some time now. We've had her on before. And uh, happy to welcome Lauren back to the Sons of Liberty. Lauren, are you there? Yes, good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, we're having a little cut out in the audio there, but uh, I'm glad that you joined us this morning. Now, we were talking the other day, I think it was Saturday, and uh, you and I were discussing a particular thing, and um, and you started telling me about this billion-dollar slush fund for the VA. Now, the first thing I want you to do is just tell tell the audience uh, who's unaware of who you are, let them know a little bit about yourself and what you do with veteran warriors.
1: I'm a retired Navy veteran, I uh, served 10 years, 13 months of that was a nice long vacation over in Iraq, uh, 100% disabled from my service, uh, directly correlating to uh, being there in Baghdad and the things that I did there. I was a convoy driver and got some significant injuries from that. After I got home, I discovered that the VA was... Quite, quite intentionally, the most broken federal agency ever in existence. And my husband, also a Navy veteran, he served 21 years, um, side by side with me in Iraq, as well as uh, submariner, nuke—we call them bubbleheads. Um, we organized and founded Veteran Warriors to basically our hashtag is overhaul the VA like the Internal Revenue Service was overhauled about 30 years ago, the the VA needs it as well. The thing that we discovered recently, well, fairly recently, uh, 2016, uh, we started an investigation into a program that the VA runs under the auspice of Congress that is called the Caregiver Program. The There are two sides to it. One is the general caregiver, meaning that essentially uh, if it's upright, walks upright and has a pulse, it can be your caregiver. Uh, the family caregiver program, on the other hand, has a few little extra perks, and it actually was not the VA's doing to make it only for post-9-11. That was a, a fixture of Congress trying to just divide our community one more time. Um, They only made it for post 9-11 veterans with serious injuries that required care on some level, whether it was once a day or, you know, every hour with what they call activities of daily living. And it can be from something as simple as having a veteran who has a traumatic brain injury and they have short-term memory issues. So they can't remember if they took medication, um, helping them keep track of that and appointments and things like that, all the way to profound round the clock care, not the kind for bedridden veterans that, you know, are nursing home required. Um, Rather it's the kind that, if you have a veteran that has both um, physical injuries and perhaps uh, either PTSD or TBI inflicted schizophrenia. These are issues that are mental health problems that have ongoing and uh, like round the clock needs for safety or protection issues. Both of those things are eligibility requirements under the program. When the program was founded under the law in 2010, It had a very small budget and it was professed to to only be anticipated that there would be about 4,000 applicants eligible for the program. Because at the time, the former director of the program, when asked by Congress how many people she thought would would be eligible, she apparently did not have access to the VA's own data that is public. That shows how many post 911 veterans are being treated for serious injuries. Because that number would have told her that her number was about gross, grossly uh, misdeliberate and almost deliberately um, underestimated. Two years into the program, they discovered how badly that was. Uh, Two years into the program, they started, they were at over. To 18,000 without quoting my numbers that have to pull them up over 18,000 applications and counting and the these were people who were by and large eligible for the program don't get wrong there's fraud in every single bureaucratic process so yes we agree and we acknowledge that there were fraud cases there were people that were by VA's own ineptitude that weren't properly screened for the program, all of those things. Fast forward to 2013. VA has this idiosyncratic process by where um, VA employees from typically not the most menial levels, but moving up a little bit and upward, get bonuses for their very existence of being there and doing their jobs that they're paid to do. And... For them to get bonuses, one of the key factors that's tied to their bonus, to the ability for them to get bonuses is coming in under budget for their department, regardless of what department that is. The big problem with that is when you tie performance to, you know, it's, it's not just the carrot and the stick. There is no stick. There's just the carrot. And you say, as long as this, number, whatever this arbitrary number is, if you come in under that number, we will give you extra money for your pocket, not for your program, not for the veterans, for your very own pocket. You are deliberately setting people up to do corrupt things. Sure, shooting. Fast forward to 2013, the very first round of what we classify as unlawful Revocations, that's the term in the law, of kicking people off the program without justification, without either legal or medical justification began. The first round was slightly over 100 in one tiny little facility in Denver. A couple months go by, another couple of hundred in another facility in Colorado. A couple more months go by, they're testing the water to see if anybody's paying attention, to see if These veterans and their spouses or caregivers making some noise is going to get the attention of the media, of Congress, of people like you and I, Tim, who are going to let the American taxpayer know they are getting ripped off. No, nobody noticed. There was one report about the first round in Denver by a small local media outlet. There was a second report on the second round by a very, very well-researched, Um, And thoroughly vetted, um, legitimate investigative reporter, who, when I tried to find him in 2016, I was told by his wife that he had been missing since that report. And all beliefs were that he fled the country, which is just bizarre because he had a thriving tenured position at a university. He had a thriving practice as a
0: journalist. There was like zero reason for this, Lauren. Uh, let me let me, yeah. let, me jump, let me jump in here just a second. Um, now you're saying, okay, this guy he had put out a report. Now, what specifically was his report on that? That uh, his wife said he had he fled the country over. It was in-depth investigation in the numbers and how it came to be that
1: hundreds of veterans were revoked out of this kicked out of this program with being told they graduated being told that they recovered uh without any warning without any justification without even medical records or justification and when he started digging he found out that there were top leadership that were telling people across the country to do this and the purpose was to cut the numbers of the top level of need corresponding to the top level of the stipend that gets paid tier three to kick those out because obviously it's the most money. And yeah, he had emails, he had recorded calls, he had documents. And when I tried to find him some two and a half years later, Everything, everything I found that he documented was legitimate, but like you, I wanted it firsthand. I wanted to talk to him, and I finally got in touch with his wife, and she said shortly after that report went public, he went missing or left. She didn't classify him as, like, absconded, more that he just, for his own safety and well-being and that of his family, decided to vacate the premises. I thought that was the most bizarre thing I had heard. I, I've seen a lot with VA, but being so afraid as a journalist—that's not even attached to the federal government—that you're so afraid you leave the country. It made me. It, it just piqued my interest even more. We started doing FOIA, as we call them, Freedom of Information Act requests, and. Pulling documents through public access that VA wasn't paying attention to. We were getting a lot of the information that VA actually now has locked down or actually completely removed to the how many people were in the program, documents such as emails. We had a program manager, the guy in charge of the program from its inception. Um, a psychiatrist out of Dayton, Ohio, I won't mention his name because um, after we asked him to testify at Congress, he went off the radar. So I, w- for his own protection, I won't mention his name. He came forward and gave us records and information that his direct conversations with the program national director were to cut the numbers of the program. That despite what the law said, his emails to her were that. This isn't what the law says. You can't do this. Why are we doing this? And her repeated direction was, number one, we are the VA central office. I am the national director. You will do what we say. Number two, this is being done because the program is overloaded. There's too many people in the program. It's over budget. What's costing us too much money. The unspoken word is that because it's over budget, we are not getting bonuses. For two years in a row, they did not get their performance awards, they're called this was their reaction to it fast forward we managed to obtain enough media attention with yourself included thank you as always tim for helping us get the word out about this stuff um that the va and congress decided to hold what was called a roundtable. that Those are where it's essentially like a hearing, like people see on C-SPAN and such, except there's no media and it's not recorded and nobody's sworn it. Um, It's to allow everyone to, and I'm air quoting, speak freely because nobody does um, except me. And when you do, you're persona non grata after that. Um, Held the round table and the national director is sitting across the room from me. And there's about 50 or 60 of us in the room, including several members of Congress. And I, the numbers, we are the only organization that actually compiled evidence that was distributed at that meeting. It's still, we hand it out to everybody. All of our stuff is very transparent. We don't, we don't pull stuff out of the air. I, it was handed out and I asked her, those are your numbers at that point. Over 24,000 veterans have been kicked out of the program, and we are now talking uh, roughly two and a half years into it, into this investigation. Said so these are your numbers. Well, I don't know where you got them from. We got them from your records, from your public discussions, your public statements to Congress. These are your numbers, your FOIA responses. We don't make up these numbers. Well, you must have done the math wrong. My husband, as I said earlier, is a submariner. He is a nuclear engineer that is an applied degree in like super Sheldon Cooper brain smarts. I can't do math without a calculator. My husband can calculate pi in his head. So when she tells me that our math is wrong, I quite literally looked over at her. I looked at my husband and I just shook my head and I said, no, ma'am, our math is not wrong. I'm happy to provide you with the crayons to do this and an abacus if you need it. Um, All of this kept going. We got the momentum because once you start getting some media attention, people will come forward. By and large, most people are terrified of fighting the VA because they're afraid that VA will and we know for a fact they do, will terrorize people. They will mess with their benefits. They will cut off their medications. They will suddenly put them on the disruptive patient list, red flag them, and they can't get medical care. These things really do happen. So their fears are justified. But when we get people to come forward and tell stories about how VA has threatened to take their children away if they fight, for this program, if they fight for their rights under this program, VA has threatened to have caregivers arrested, has caregivers removed, have to take their children away, all of these things. We have recorded conversations with VA employees where they flat out say that they will do these things if necessary to force the, and I'm quoting it, force the veteran and caregiver to comply
0: all right lauren let me and i apologize where sometimes uh i guess your mic is uh twitching a little bit and it kind of it kind of gets a little staticky there so we, we apologize for that that's not lauren's fault it's just i think there's something going on there maybe with your mic uh but in any case let me get this straight We've been told, I mean, you and I, we were covering things that you were doing under the, uh, that you were doing in exposing what was happening under the VA, under the usurper, Barack Hussein Obama, Satorus Barker, right? And now we're into a Trump administration, and Trump is, oh, I love our veterans, our veterans are wonderful, you know? And he, he does this sort of Soviet-style parade uh, to put the military on display in that, and we hear all this kind of stuff about that, but you're telling me They just set up a basically a billion dollar slush fund. Veterans want to access that because there are benefits for them in that. And they're being told, shoo, get away. Um, Who's getting, where's the money going then?
1: Well, that's where we're at now. In 2018 Mission Act, this massive omnibus bill designed to have a garbage can full of money, yeah, I mean, literally truckloads of money, all for the veterans. Um, and I use that loosely because there is so much pork in there that it has nothing to do with actually providing care for veterans. Mission Act had three clauses in it, very, very small legal clauses about this program. One of the key ones that many, ourselves included, have always pitched for was full inclusivity of all veterans of all eras. Veteran warriors does not discriminate by era, branch, I don't care who you sleep with, pray to, who you served with, didn't serve with, chief cook or bottle washer, we don't care. As long as you served your country with honor, you're welcome here. Uh, We... Many of us in the community, I mean the line service, have always wanted this program to include all eras of service. It finally passed under intermission act. That was one of the clauses. Another one was upgrading their computer system and opening the program to all eras. And the third clause was simply mandating reports to Congress. There were no other clauses about changes or I'm not kidding you, no rule changes, no eligibility changes. And these are some very specific things, because now, fast forward two years, the VA has come out and said, we cannot, and it is in Mission Act, we cannot let the Vietnam era, which the opening of years was structured under a tiered system, backwards from age, we're going to start with Vietnam and go backwards to whatever World War II, and all five of them, they're going to be left by the time they're allowed into the program. However, we need gazillion dollars. And no, you know, but we met with the secretary's office a year ago, uh, 14 months ago. And we're told then... That this IT system that first they tried to build by themselves, which they should not have anything more elaborate than an etch-a-sketch when it comes to technology, Um, they are capable of it. They finally figured out that they can't build it, so they decided. And we were told that day in June of uh, 2019 that they were going to buy it off the shelf from a commercial market, but provider, you know, HP, Microsoft, whatever. Now, fast forward 14 months later, they are still claiming that they don't have it, that they, and one of the key things in the law says, in mission was that this program has to be certified by the secretary to Congress that it's up running and functioning and everything before they will uh, take applications and open up the thing to the Vietnam guys and women. To this moment, they are running on, next month, they're going to be two years behind schedule on that, and they are still, to this very second, not taking applications for Vietnam era. And they're lynching everything now to, well, the Mission Act says we have to have all these rule changes. What nobody is asking is, why, since you have less than 20,000 veterans in the program even at tier three, the top level, that still would not justify your budget. And you have 600, give or take, employees nationwide in the program. Why did your budget almost completely double in two years? You have added less than 100 veterans in the program in almost two years, and yet your budget come October 1 is 900. Hundred million dollars and they've already put in the budget for 2122. I never get the fiscal year numbers right, but it's the following year. Um, healthcare side of VA always does theirs a year in advance. That one's gonna be over a billion. They still have not taken a single application from Vietnam era, not one, and we track their numbers. Like I am like a diaper on a baby's behind with these numbers and they have not added more than a hundred total in two years. So what's going on where I want to know where a billion dollars a year is going. (laughs) Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, it's not in this program.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me ask that. Okay. So they're turning away veterans and then in two years with a budget of uh Basically, two billion dollars over two years. It's basically that, right? Yeah. If, that, if you pile the money up, yeah. Okay. So they've done that, and they've put a hundred veterans in the program, and we spent two billion dollars. Um, yeah, something something's rotten in Denmark. No offense, Joy. Uh, something <laughs> is uh, is is rotten there, and I'm not understanding. Well, I am understanding because I know what's behind all the other stuff too. How is what's, what's the administration itself said about this? Not the VA, but, but the Trump administration. What have they said about this? Have you gotten a response from them on this? Well,
1: funny you ask. Um, a year ago, a year and a half ago, we did reach out to the White House, and quite specifically because the VA is an insular organization and it, it is incredibly isolated. You cannot get to the secretary or Dr. Stone or any of those senior leaders without going through the gauntlet. And I'm telling you fighting in Iraq for 13 months was good training like the Spartans to try to get through that wall. Um, and if you just sat in the room with us last June, even the most Gandhi would have been driven to violence by the way we were talked to, treated, threatened, everything by the people that we met with that day. Be, all because of this program, because I, and I, my right hand on my grandchildren's soul, I asked
0: for the White House to step in about this. Now, are the people treating you from the White House or from the VA? From the VA, but
1: we had reached out just prior to that meeting. We had reached out to the White House and initially... We had a, an amazing response from the White House. And they were listening and very, the person, um, I don't like throwing names. It's not fair to the person unless they're standing in front of me. Sure. The person I, that I spoke with, she called me out of the blue and she is a very high level. She's not a staffer. She is very high level on the inner circle, called me up out of the blue and we talked for an hour and a half. Because I shared with her everything that we had up to that point. And I said, look, we want nothing out of this. We don't get paid. We're not asking for donations. Don't get me wrong. I don't turn them away. But we don't go out and beg. I don't don't pass the hat. I want nothing out of this. I've asked for nothing from VA. I have been offered to fix things for me to basically shut up and go away. We've turned it down. I just want this fixed because there are people that are suffering without it. My brothers and sisters in arms are suffering without this and their families are suffering without this. That person promised me that day. You now have a friend in the white house. Your calls will never go unanswered again. You have a direct line to the president. I, 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 my right hand, I, I almost cried that day because I, I thought we finally got there. We finally had been able to do that end run uh, around this blockade that just won't listen to anyone, violates federal laws, ignores Congress, it defies logic. And I finally figured we had a way to fix this. Two weeks Three weeks later, give or take, I don't remember the timeline off the top of my head. As you know, I have, like, significant brain issues now. And so timelines are bad for me. Uh, we reached out again because we were supposed to meet with Dr. Stone. And not just were rebuffed, but were told that because we were, and I'm quoting, because we were mean to someone. Because one of my volunteers... On our social media, put up an ugly, it wasn't a curse, it wasn't a threat, there was a threat of violence, it was just in poor taste. The national director resigned and they put up a, a meme that said, ding dong, the witch is gone. Because that went on our public social media, we were banned from meeting with anyone at the, at the VA, And I reached out to the White House again. I said, this is, this is, this is high school. That is middle school behavior. This is ridiculous. I personally apologize to that national director. I personally apologize to Dr. Stone in the secretary's office because it was a poor judgment call on the part of a volunteer admin for us. That didn't matter. From that day forward, we have never heard back from the White House again. Despite the fact, That I have testimony, recorded calls, written evidence that we can validate even chain of custody, that this is a deliberate process by which there are very high level people, both inside the White House, inside the administration, and the rest are inside the beltway that are shuffling a bucket of money, their trainload of money into a program that they have zero intention of fixing, that they solely want it to be even more restrictive. Now, these new rules they put out in December, they put the proposed rules out right before everybody went on vacation for the holiday, by the way. And when we got it passed around to the community and said, hey, everybody, look at this mess. Look at this pile of manure. 310 pages of manure, by the way. Sent it around. We had three different other organizations, two of which are law firms, extremely well-respected law firms. I know that's an oxymoron, but I promise you they are vetted and they are legitimate. That reached out to us to work with us to file our comments together about what a disaster this was and how 99% of what they were trying to do violates the law. the Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs filed comments saying essentially the same thing because they took the document I handed you our talking points that document. they took that and ran with it. they used that as their primary to dig through that 310 page manure and file their comments that were in symbiotic with ours. And you know what? VA turned around and gave a flying finger as it rode off into the sunset to all of the veterans that it was supposed to be helping. And worse yet, to every single American taxpayer, we have, VA has the second largest budget in the federal government and people are abjectly terrified of looking behind the curtain to see where all that money is going. And if I hear one more legislator screech at the top of their lungs about the VA is underfunded or they need more money, I'm going to choke somebody because they don't need another dime. You and I and every other taxpayer out there have to live on a budget. We have to tighten our belts during corona we have to all learn to adapt to the new normal and right. va now got a
0: 290 billion dollar budget approval let's 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 be clear here because we got some people that keep coming in here and are still in the propaganda uh, fran says more democrats at work they have money pelosi is a crook well yes she is fran but the guy who signs the spending bill is trump And Trump is over the VA as far as uh, in the executive. um, That's in the executive branch. And so he promised to take care of veterans. What are they doing? They're taking your money. He's the guy in control of what goes on there. And they answer to him according to the Constitution. And the fact of the matter is, Lauren, it really ticks me off that people are so divided over Republican and Democrat jerseys, they can't see to hold both of them accountable because both of them are doing it to our veterans, and if you, if they're doing it to our veterans, the people who, you know, swear to uphold the Constitution are willing to put their lives on the line to defend the country and all that. and Yeah, folks, I get it. There's unconstitutional wars and all. I'm against all that stuff. You know I am. But these are the guys who actually go out there and put their lives on the line with that. Then if they won't take care of those guys, what do you think they think about you and me? So this isn't just point the finger at Pelosi or point the finger at Schumer, hey, how about some of the White House get the finger pointing? How about some of the guys in the on the other side of the political aisle doing that too? And this is what we're talking about. If the, I'm telling you, this is what, what drives me crazy. Why are our veterans not being taken care of under an administration that just praises veterans, says, oh, I'm the best thing for slice since sliced bread for our veterans? And here you are, Lauren. You've been going at this for years, for decades, I think. Uh, you and Jim, take it. You know, giving of yourself, giving of your time. And by the way, folks, uh, Lauren's not going to ask you for donations, but I'm going to. I'm going to put it out there. This is their website, veteranwarriors.org. It's got veteran dash warriors veteran warriorsorg These guys do the stuff. Okay, they give of their own resources. They give of their own time. I've seen them. I've known people that they've actually helped. In fact, when I get somebody, uh, Lauren, who's a veteran, who, you know, we did the show last time and I had some people saying, hey, who can do that? You know, for a fact, I've sent you people that weren't even a part of a show. You weren't on the show or anything like that. You say, is there anybody can help me? I've seen you help people, help people get their benefits that the government was denying them. I've seen people go after stolen valor people like um um uh, Wayne. Wayne out in Colorado and I mean with the with a bloodthirst. And here was Wayne being honest, and what happened? They were going after him like they wanted to kill the man, and all of his stuff was legit, and you helped him get in place, get his benefits and everything else. So folks Lauren's not blowing smoke here. Lauren, you're the real deal. You're helping people. If you want to help Lauren do what she does for our veterans because our government sure isn't doing it, go to veteran-warriors.org and donate there. Help them. Help them do for our veterans. If you say you love our veterans and you're just expecting uh, uh, the Trump administration to fix that, they're not doing it. They're doing even worse than before. You're spending a billion dollars a year to help what, 100 veterans, if that? I mean, how do, you, how do we even know those numbers are right? I mean, with all the cooking of the books, everything else, COVID and everything else, I don't even know that we can trust those numbers.
1: Well, I will tell you this. First off, thank you very much for that, Tim. We appreciate that. I, I will say this, we've been doing this since 2009 and administrations have come and gone and you and I do have some different ideological, political differences. But because we are first and foremost people of faith, and secondly, and but more importantly, we are brothers and sisters under the skin. We are humans, and we respect each other. And our respect goes past our ideological beliefs. That is the most paramount thing in a being an adult. I never want to get anything else. Just being an adult. If you're going to be an adult and not be a child and go pat in the corner or stomp your feet and hold your breath or throw a Molotov cocktail, then we can all sit down and have we can agree to disagree on things i will tell you this under the previous administration we had more difficulty getting prosecution and things but this administration the only issue we've had is that the 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 secretary's office the, the va is a cabinet position and despite what people think Um, Yes, in fact, most of the secretaries historically have been veterans. Um, That is irrelevant as to how they function. People do not understand that the only person, there is literally one person on this planet that the secretary has to answer to. And that is the president. It is, we have a box of laws. I'm not joking. I wish I could stack up. What 38 CFR, which is the section of the U.S. code that governs VA, 38 CFR, Code of Federal Regulations, is it would be like uh, up to the ceiling in here. That's how big it is. So the laws are in place. Congress, by and large, and don't get me wrong. We will forever have because we have Congress. We will forever have new laws and amended laws to fix things or adjust fire. The problem is, is that VA and this program is the most Perfect snapshot of what is happening that there is this huge framework of law in place that says VA will do these things or not do these things and yet VAs me and taking the money and running. they they're, they're, they're the kid that won't do their chores and still takes their allowance and runs to the candy store we're not asking them to provide anything in substance, nothing. No one is forcing them to sit and be accountable. And no matter what happens, unless the president steps in, and unfortunately the reality is during an election season, and regardless of what stripes are on the the horse in in the race, during election season, nobody gets anything done. We are not getting anything done. And there is no way to convince There are some out there who I firmly believe are mentally ill and irrational and they happen to be on the opposing side of the political mindset of myself but our organization is not political. We have to operate in the political arena but we don't care what your politics are. What we want to remind America is, especially as you're heading to the polls, between now and November, remember this one thing every dime that comes out of your pocket in taxes, whether it's your federal payroll taxes or it's income tax or what have, sales tax, even there's always a kick to the federal government from that. If you remember that every dime of that gets distributed out in some weird pie form, the veterans we are called the 1% for a reason that means we are, I mean, we are actually far, far less than 1% of this nation's population. With roughly, give or take whose numbers you look at, never look at VA's numbers. They're made up with magic and fairy dust and unicorn farts. There's no such thing as real numbers from VA. Roughly 22 to 25 million veterans in the nation. Less than 7 million are getting VA health care. Less than 9 million are getting compensation from disability. Do the math. Where is the money? And we are putting up beginning this week, actually, probably later today. Hopefully we're going to be putting up a document, a sample letter that every single American should take, download it. You can edit it to send it to your legislators your members of the House and your senator and demand, not ask. They work for you. Ask nothing. Demand that they hold VA accountable over this program, that they tell VA that they don't get to make law, and that they immediately force them to stop and ask where the money is. Demand a full audit of this program for the lifespan of this program not a snapshot in time, the lifespan. We want a forensic audit, but you know, that will never happen. No, All we want I, is America to step up and remember it's their dollars. VA is touting on our service. This is our service. They're waving a flag in your face and saying, but it's for the veterans. I want to slap the next person that says that because you don't get to use my service or that. Of, you can see that wall back there. That's four generations. That's 17 family members up there you nobody gets to use our service to further their political agenda or fatten their wallets anymore not on, not on our watch anyway
0: I, I get it Lauren and I, this is what I want to I want to give to some people in the chat room who are who are saying oh there's something missing here oh she's not telling the truth or whatever <gasps> look here's the thing let's let's be honest let's, let's let's let the people know unless you get unless you guys get donations you're still doing what you're doing. And the fact of the matter is, you served your country. Um, you had you had to have your hands reconstructed. You contracted uh, something in your lungs. You were talking about the issue with uh, the lesions on your brain and stuff, all from your service to your country in what they said was a legitimate war uh, in Iraq. You you put yourself in there. Your husband's put himself in there. You both are veterans. You do it because you love veterans. And so somebody wrote, oh, she said she was nice, but then she said this about them. Well, folks, if it doesn't tick you off in the least that you're getting the shaft over this, our veterans are getting the shaft over it, and somebody's making out like a fat cat with a billion dollars a year, there's something wrong with you. There isn't something wrong with Lauren. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm just see, interjecting there. Sadly,
1: we're, we're going to have to do this again because <laughs> next time, you know me, I if, mean, if someone wants to engage – I'm more than happy to. First off, they can reach me at Lauren at veteran-warriors.org. They can come on our Facebook page at Facebook slash Vet Warriors One. I am happy, thrilled to provide every, they'll hate me when I'm done, every bit of evidence they ever want to see about anything I say. Um, I don't blow smoke up anybody's skirt. I don't. Ask for anything from anybody. I'm more than happy to justify our existence and justify everything we say with facts.
0: I know. I know. I know that you're that kind of person to do that. And by the way, all of you guys who are questioning what Lauren is saying and pointing out here, the numbers there. How about stepping up and quit being cowards and keyboard warriors? Lauren goes out there and does the stuff. Lauren has has testified before Congress over this. Lauren has gone to the uh, Inspector General and delivered tons of documents to expose during the Obama administration, I know, uh, to expose what was going on there. Lauren was really behind all of the stuff that eventually got out in national news. So for all of you people popping in here, you know, popping off that you don't know squat, I'm just telling you right now, Lauren didn't toot her horn here. I'm going to toot it because the fact of the matter is I know she did it. I saw her do it and I know her heart is to help those who are veterans, and you help people of all stripes, uh, Lauren. I mean, you've helped people from uh, the war, War, from the Korean War, from the uh, Vietnam War, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan. You've helped all kinds of people who had trouble getting benefits. And the fact of the matter is, is that you just simply love the veterans and you're willing to give your time, your energy, your resources to help them. And I don't know who these people are, pop in the chat, I'm appreciative for your support to come in. But the fact of the matter is, is you're a person who puts your money where your mouth is. And I like that about you. And that's why, you know, for Sons of Liberty, when I was at Freedom Outpost, we opened things up for you for the Washington Standard. We open up all that for anything that you need to get out. And I encourage people, if you're a veteran out there, you want somebody that loves veterans and will do what they say to help you. This is the lady to trust.
1: Well, tell anybody that if they feel froggy, please leave. I, We don't have a big fat office in downtown DC that takes up a city block, by the way. We don't charge fees to our members. We don't charge lifetime dues or any of this other nonsense. We don't ask for anything. And, and people ask for any validation of who we are. I have a DD-214, happy to share it. I have my retirement orders that my husband's and my board of directors we're happy to share it if someone wants to know who we are they can go to our website there's an about page they can look up the credentials of every one of us they can ask questions to all of us i'm not going to justify my existence but i will tell you this thank you again as always for having us on if Anyone ever wants to engage in a an intelligent adult conversation, even a respectful disagreement, more than happy to. We are more than happy to open discussions and provide here's what I want. I want to be able to give somebody, here's the evidence. This is the evidence we've collected in four years on just this program, never mind everything else we do. Um, because I'm also part of a our organization is part of a huge 30-plus person task force that's been stood up for two years now to work on toxic exposures in the military. It's actually called Toxic Exposure in the American Military Team. And we've been working on legislation to put an end to that for everybody, both in CONUS and overseas. So this is not, we are a one hit wonder, we're the one pony show. Nope. please come and talk to us, ask for more information. We'll hand you off whatever you want. There's nothing else to make you think and do your own research.
0: Well, absolutely. And I, I'm showing uh, the people who are in your organization who give up their time to do this. And again, people, um, I know you guys at Red State Talk Radio, you can't see this, but you can go to veteran-warriors.org, and you can see all these people who give up their time. I mean, you guys don't even have a... I wouldn't I wouldn't say a huge budget that you're working with. I mean, these people, you literally are looking. I think the last time we brought you on, um, we were talking about that. We promoted that. And some kind person out there gave you a pretty significant um, donation, which you called to tell me, hey, you know what? We were fixing to talk about just covering expenses of a phone and Internet and just uh, a little bit of office space here. And and then after the show, somebody was nice enough to donate that exact amount, and it wasn't it wasn't like you know ten or twenty or a hundred thousand dollars. It was a it was a small amount compared to that, but it was large for you guys. And in that, it covered those expenses. So, folks, um, if you believe the VA is really taking care of your veterans, you are sadly mistaken. If you think the guy because the president put on a political jersey with an R on the back that that somehow fixed it or that it is being fixed, you are sadly deceived. And uh, Lauren is one of those people, her and her husband and all of these wonderful people here at veteran warriors, they go out and do what our president isn't doing for our veterans, what the VA isn't doing for our veterans, what congressmen and senators aren't doing for our veterans. They're doing it. And why are they doing it? Because they're veterans themselves and they love veterans. And, um, uh again, Lauren isn't gonna say this. Um she she's just Tim, not that if I can interject real yeah. quick, I just
1: need to make something real clear to your yeah, sure. followers here. Veteran Warriors is an internally funded organization. What that means in plain English is my husband and I pay for everything for veteran warriors, all our everything, everything for veteran warriors. Out of our own pocket, with the exception of, we have two women, God bless them, who send us $25 a month each out of Arizona. And our, if you look, you'll see my National Appeals Director, my number two, my right arm, Holly Farrell, she pays for her own travel. Every time we have to go to D.C., she pays for, not just herself, but her one ever said disabled and highly reliant husband and four children. All of their travel to Washington and back, including hotels and everything else. No one, we do not have a budget. My husband and I pay for everything to keep this organization going because it is necessary. We don't ask for money. We don't go out and do big fundraisers because we do offer something. You want a t-shirt? You can buy, you get something in your hand for what you're offering to our organization. But we, we don't beg. We don't ask for charity, but please know, everything we do, we pay for it. So there is no budget.
0: (laughs) Well, Lauren, this is one of the things that I I talk about on the show. Uh, This is the difference between saying and seeing. You know, James tells us in the book of James, he says, don't tell me you have faith unless you can show me your faith by your works. So when you say, hey, I love our veterans. Hey, we want to take care of our veterans. When I'm going to go, when you're going to go fight, Uh, on Capitol Hill or with the VA or whoever it is, and and they want to say you're nasty because you put up a a meme. Well, what are they for not taking care of our our veterans? They're sayers but not doers. And folks, this is the difference. This is what we're talking about. Lauren and her husband, these guys, uh, Holly and the rest of them, uh, give of themselves. Their time is invaluable. It really is. You can't get it back. And you're putting in your own resources of money and things like that. I just I wanted to make sure before the show closes out that people understand you do this as a labor of love. It's not a thing to be political, as you said before, and you and I have had disagreements, but but we're friends. We can do that. We can can act like adults, and uh, we can disagree on things. And I think that's good because I think we sharpen one another in doing that, and we've remained friends for years now. And you continue doing what you're doing. Uh, I continue doing what I'm doing. Here's the here's the thing. We've got about um, a minute and a half. And what I want you to do is, I want you to do something that I know you don't like doing, but tell people where they can find out more about you guys and how they can help support you. They
1: can go to veteran-warriors.org and we have a, a very well-managed website. You can put in contact we have a contact us page. Uh, we have different sectors of organization. You can reach out and speak to different people about different things. Uh, we have VBA claims specialist. She's actually was a, she's a Navy veteran. She was a VA employee for 15 years until they committed some crimes and she testified against them. Um, we have the healthcare side. We have attorneys, people who on our advisory board are leaders in their industries and that come to us and help us to help you help veterans and their families to get the services and benefits that our veterans earned. you need to reach us we're also on facebook uh, facebook Ugh, i hate the facebook thing it's vet warriors one on facebook and we're even on twitter under the same handle please okay. come out talk to us ask questions Find out what we're about.
0: Yeah, and for people, what if what if somebody wants to help you out? Can they do that as well? we got about 10 seconds here.
1: Yes, they can donate. There's okay. my, my staff has forced me to put a donate button up there. So we have a PayPal donate button if you would so choose, but you can actually buy something from us and have something in your hand for your hard-earned All dollars. All right,
0: great. Lauren, we appreciate you so much. I know our veterans are appreciative. Of those you helped and those you will help will be appreciative of you. Thank you for joining us this morning, Lauren. We appreciate you very much. Veteran-Warriors.org, 23 hours. We'll see ya. Thanks, Kevin.